Alright everybody, welcome to the Yenzer Sage. This is the week of April 17th, 2020, episode 4. And your tabletop news for this week is Psionics makes a return to Dungeons & Dragons. Showed up in the latest uh, issue of Unearthed Arcana. Uh, I haven't actually looked at it, so that's all I'm going to really say about it. Uh... Pezio released a preview of Near Space. Um, I ordered myself a copy of it, so uh, once it comes in, I'll let everybody know what I think about it. Uh, the next thing is Green Run and suspended all print orders until the warehouses can reopen safely. Uh, Guppy, who owns Diamond Comic Distributors, Diamond Book, Diamond Book Distributors, and... Alliance Game Distributors was officially furloughing employees as of this past week and products, which was great because I started getting some of the stuff I ordered. Uh, now, this next segment is going to be a discussion. It's my opinion of game balance. And what I want to start with first is I, I found a podcast blog called fear the boot and this guy wrote a spot-on blog post about uh game balance and i want to read it off and then put in what i think from there so here we go the title is called balanced yeah but is it fun when third edition DD came about one of the promises was to have a balanced game system in fact game balance had become so prevalent that what that it seemed that every other topic on some forums was about whether some element of gaming was balanced. Is this new prestige class balanced? What about X spell from Y sourcebook? It would go levels and wondered if this is what new players thought gaming was about. They're assigning numerical values to every class ability and weighing them against one another. There was a mystical set of skills by all which by which all things were weighed upon. Were those skills provided by Hitical, the evil god of tricks and lies in Dragonlance, known for his symbol of the broken scales? I wondered how this talk of the almighty balance entered our vernacular. I remember the occasional talk of something being overpowered, but we never used the term balance. This isn't to say the term wasn't used, just that my own experience never saw this use of the word. And I have to completely agree with that, everything to this point. Like, until after 3rd edition, I really never heard someone described balance in the game i've heard people say things were overpowered but i had never heard someone use the word balanced i would say that this that it was the internet that saw the term game prominence despite the mass communication medium it also takes a force to drive the new terminology enter the game designers perhaps most notably monty cook they use the term balance quite frequently Needless to say, the almighty balance began to annoy me to no end. Why is it that people were asking if every little rule was balanced? Why this obsession? Did nobody ever have fun before the almighty balance? I sure remember having fun playing D&D with some off-balance rules. That's when it clicked to me. Why do we ask left and right if something is balanced? Why do we not ask instead if something is fun? I mean, that's why we came to the game, right? To have fun. Don't get me wrong. As a game designer, I fully understand that game balance is an important factor in the game. You don't want your wizard doing nothing while your fighter is having all the fun. Everybody should be able to take part in the gaming experience. However, we should not forsake the fun of the game 
the fun of the game in the name of game balance. Keep balance in the background, but for fun. You'll find your gaming will be because of it. And I completely agree with this entire article. And here's what I've wrote down about my outlook on game balance. In my opinion, one of the only balances in games that is needed is to ensure everybody has an equal part in the story. If game mechanics interfere with said balance, then it is up to the GM or DM to find ways to include everyone. The balance of the game mainly falls on the person running the game. One of the biggest games I've heard called Unbalanced is Rifts. However, it has been my experience that if you have a good GM, then no matter what you view as balanced, the GM can find ways to overcome it. The example uh, that I heard of a lot of times was that why is one, if one guy plays a dragon and everybody else, however, place the group in the coalition states, and now the dragon has to hope nobody discovers his true nature, which can be challenging, to say the least. The game Dungeons & Dragons, upon the release of the game, was not built down drastically from what they originally... Tim Cask mentioned this... Uh, he TSR. When you focus on game balance, first you can be guaranteed to take the fun from someone who wants to play the game, unless everyone completely agrees on the type of balance being enforced. It's been my personal experience that those who tend to focus on balance tend to be either rules lawyers or players who feel every character should be equal in every aspect. One of the best things about RPGs is the ability for players to make individual choices. Just because someone made different choices when creating and up a character doesn't always make every character equal in every situation. One example I can cite of general unbalanced games is when fighters or combat-oriented characters can make multiple attacks in a round, and yet casters can only cast one spell, minus the taking of a feat or special ability. I can understand a physically exhausting situation where casters drain their physical energy to cast spells. But at the same time, if you've never stood in, in some type of armor and swinging a sword around for 10 to 15 minutes at a time, you're, you get tired after a while of doing that. So, I mean, there's, I've always seen that as some form of unbalance. You know, I, I've never seen, even some of the lower level spells. I think a mage should be able to cast two magic missiles around if a fighter can make two attacks. You know. With that, that's all I had to say on the subject. Only because it keeps getting thrown in different uh, groups. And kind of, you know, put my output on on that. So, I mean, if you're willing to sacrifice fun for balance, that's good. But that's how you want to do it. But I can guarantee you you're going to have a really small group. You're not going to be able to find many people that want to play at your group when everybody has to be completely equal and nobody has any type of advantage in different situations. Everybody has a role in the game. The game was built for people to work together as a team. It wasn't built for PvP. It wasn't built for people to compete against each other. It was meant for teamwork. And if people can't work together as a team, then that's unbalanced to begin with. Now, my next segment is about the Neverwinter Nights toolset and scripting. One of the best assets of the NWN tool of Neverwinter Nights is the toolset. With the toolset, you can create adventures or entire worlds called Persistent Worlds to host for people to play. 
The NetRunner Vault has a number of resources that use different aspects of the toolset, including scripting. One of the best resources for scripting is the NWN Alexicon. Now, I'm going to include links to all the different tutorial type things I found there are, uh, on the Vault and to the Lexicon. There are a couple of video channels on YouTube that have scripting tutorials. I'll include those on here as well. In addition, there are a couple of scripting programs. Um, I was able to find Lilac Souls script generators. I do it, and I'll post those as well. Um, I couldn't find the other one, but there was one from before. Um, but I have to say that Lilac Souls is a lot easier to use than the other one. Um, there was a toolset released with Number One or Nights Two. I was, it's slightly different from the first one, and I'm respectfully declining to comment. Um, with that said, this week I'm doing a review on Hackmaster 5th Edition Player Book. This is probably going to be a short episode, just to let everybody know. Uh, but needless to say, the Hackmaster 5th Edition, which in reality is actually 2nd Edition Hackmaster, because the original Hackmaster that came out was done, uh, they called it the 4th Edition, but it was actually the first version of it. It was based off of the 1st, 2nd Edition rules for D&D, and it, it was a pretty good game, although it had a slight tint of humor to it. Um, with the new version of Hackmaster, there might still be some of that humor, but it's nowhere near as prevalent as it was in the past game. Uh, while character generation may take a little longer, much like older versions of D&D, I actually like what they did. Every attribute gets a percentile score. Now, each percentile score goes they go from 1 to 20 the percentiles go from 1 to 100 but as you go up your percentile uh it actually raises some of the different things and one of the nice things they did with this is they went back to the old system of there was a damage modifier then there was a feat of strength then there's you know your lift pounds then carry pounds with no encumbrance carry pounds light encumbrance carry pounds medium, carry pounds heavy, and then drag. And then depending on your score, depends on, you know, what your different attributes are. Um, and there's also uh, adjustments, encumbrance level, uh, speeds for herbs, gnomes, halflings. I don't understand how that's actually attached to your strength, but it's right below it. Um... I would, I would assume that should be under dexterity, I think. But uh, intelligence doesn't have the percentile part to it that I can see. Um, it's something that... I don't know. They all, actually, they all do. Okay. Yeah, they all actually do. Um, it's been a while since I've actually looked through this book. Uh I've read the whole thing before, but it's been a while since I've actually looked through it. But yeah, they each do go up in increment by percentile. Uh, although, like some of the actual, the actual percentiles, like strength you do, dexterity you do, uh, and 
that would be it for the percentiles. And then they're, they have all your standard races. I think the only race that's slightly different are they have what are called Nim Titans and they have what are called Grell. Uh, if I remember right, Grell are slightly similar to an elf. Um, they're called Grunge Elves. And, and Gnome Titans are pretty much are just like their regular Gnome Cousins, but uh, they're bred to fight and wage war. Uh, and I believe this also has one other race in here. No. Half Hobgoblins. Yes, they do. And they also have Pixies Fairies as part of it. Your class... Now... They have a fighter, knight, paladin, ranger, barbarian, thief, rogue, assassin, and mage. Now, what's different about this is in order to be a paladin, you have to be a fighter first and then a knight, and then you can become a paladin. So, you actually have to kind of split your character up. You can't just start off as a first-level paladin. You can't just start off as a first-level knight. A knight has to actually be a fighter to level 5. And then paladins have to be a fighter to level 5, and then a knight from 6 to 10. And then at level 11, they can become a paladin. Uh, rangers are pretty much the same. Same with barbarians, uh, thieves, uh, rogues. There's slight differences between thieves and rogues. Uh, they have assassins, mage, and then uh, they have a... Cat, uh, priest as well and then they have a nice little section on uh, what is it? like multi-class characters um, clerics basically you have to pick a religion and you build your cleric around the religion um, with that said I like the new combat system they devised it goes in seconds not turns uh, also every character has an honor which pretty much determines how your character measures up to society's ideal courage, integrity, and inner strength. Um, there are the casters go up to level 20, but their spells go up to level 20. When you cast, when you're a first level caster, you actually cast, you know, first level spells. When you're a second level caster, you get second level spells. As you go up the whole way up to level 20, you get spells per that level. There are actually 20th level spells in this game, which actually make it pretty interesting. Uh, the skill system is relatively interesting. It's fairly easy to understand. It's There's uh, six types of mastery, unskilled to master. Uh, skill checks are relatively easy to make. Uh, and there's a pretty decent amount of skills in here. Everything from uh, administration, agriculture, herding, animal husbandry, animal mimicry, animal training, appraisal, arcane lore, artistry, astrology, blacksmithing, metalworking, boating, botany, carpentry, woodworking, cartography, climbing, repelling, cooking, baking, craft, current affairs, diplomacy, direction sense, disarm trap, disguise, distraction, divine lore, Escape artist, fast talking, fire building, first aid, forestry, for, foragery, uh, forgery, I should say, 
gambling, geology, glean information, hiding, ancient history, hunting, identify trap, interrogation, intimidation, jumping, language, law, leatherworking, listening, literacy, uh, block picking, mathematics, mining, monster lore, musician, observation, oriation, vision, pickpocket, pottery, reading lips, recruiting, religion, resist persuasion, uh, riddling, writing, rope use, salesmanship, scrutiny, art of seduction, skilled liar, sneaking, survival, survival urban, swimming, torture, tracking, trap design. Um, and each class gets different ones, uh, which make it interesting. Their equipment lists are pretty decent. Uh, everything's, you know, well put. This was probably one of the best well put together books that I've ever seen. I'm a huge fan of this system. Uh, I haven't had the chance to play it because we haven't been able to find many players who want to play it because of the stigma from the f older edition. But I've found a few people that are interested. So I probably will be getting a game together here in the future sometime. Combat system. It's everybody to act all at the same time, essentially. But whoever has the faster initiative moves quicker in the uh, count of seconds instead of turns. It makes combat go slightly faster. And it also makes it where uh, whenever multiple creatures, you're fighting, you know, 10 orcs and there's four of you, it makes fighting those 10 orcs just as dangerous at 8th level as it does at 1st level. In the aspect that you can be attacked, you're being attacked by multiple things. And I noticed in like D&D &D that it, there's always, it's been limited to where in here, it's as many things that are around you can attack you. Uh, and then it goes through all the different spells. Like I said, there's 20 levels of spells. There's only a few spells per level. There's an apprentice level, a journeyman level, and then first level. And then you go up from there. Um, and there's roughly 12, yeah, 12 spells for the first four levels, or I should say apprentice, journeyman, first, second, third, and fourth, there are 12 spells. And then from fifth to 10th, there are 10 spells, except at nine, there's only eight and at 10th, there's only eight, um, from 11th to uh, well, 11th and 12th have 8 spells. 15th only has... Uh, 14th, 15th, 16th all have 6. 17th through 20th all have 4 spells. You know, so it's... As you get higher in level, there's not as many different spells you can choose. But the fact that you have these powered levels of spells is what makes it great. But yeah, that I honestly highly recommend that system. Uh, I give it five out of five stars. It's one of my favorite systems I've ever seen. I used to love the fourth edition, and this fifth edition is just as good, if not better, in my opinion. Uh, as far as an update goes, I'm working on my novels. I'm debating on releasing them, uh, at least the first one, as a series of chapters on a blog and. If people are interested in that, uh, 
I'm going to put a post on the uh, community news podcast. Um, I didn't get any shout outs this week. Uh, nobody mentioned anything to me on any of the pages. So like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode. Um, unfortunately, my headset died, so I can't record audio on it. So there was no point in recording video with it. So I had to record video on my phone and then transfer it to my laptop here to edit and then put it on the website. But uh, I'm not exactly sure next week what I'm going to review. Um, I might do the Hackmaster Game Master's Guide just for fun since I did the Player's Guide. Um, I'm not sure what topics, you know, visit the Yenzer Sage Facebook page. It's a Facebook backslash Yenzer Sage uh, or the Never Winter Nights uh, community news podcast. That's essentially the same podcast. Either one, if you want to leave suggestions or questions, um, I have, I'm attaching my email to this as well so that uh, questions can be asked via that way. Uh, and with that all said, I hope everybody has a good week and we will see you next week. Oh, uh, one, uh, I should give the correct, uh, oh, what did I, um, Daryl Mott abstruse for the news for the week of April 17th. The uh, YouTube page that I found that interview where Tim Cask speaks is called Dorks of Yore. And uh, Dan Repiger from Fear the Boot RPG podcast for that wonderful blog and podcast. I'd like to thank everybody. There will be all sorts of links to the different things I found. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye.